From Chicago, welcome to Three Degrees Discussions. I'm your host, Mike Vasquez. This is a podcast devoted to the stories behind the innovators, entrepreneurs, and leaders of the 3D printing industry. And it's, it's all about education with yourself and your teams to make sure that you can go in and speak intelligently and, and teach the customers what is available. And as an end user, having all these different technologies and, you know, so many different solutions available to you, just understanding each one of those and being able to choose which one, you know, sort of meets your challenges because we all have challenges and not all, all the solutions actually, you know, will, will solve what your challenge is. And you want to make sure that you understand your end customer outcomes. You know, is it is it highest quality? Is it saving costs? Is it getting um, weight out of uh, the part? Is it, you know, what is the challenge of the customer and trying to be able to solve for that with the technology? And in our case, it's software, so it's workflow optimization. So we can, um, we can help save costs and we can optimize and, and uh, make it easy for folks as opposed to, uh, you know, going in a hundred different directions. That was Michelle Bachman. Michelle is the CEO of 3D Printer OS. Previous to her current role, she was the general manager and global head of 3D printing and digital manufacturing at HP. She has also worked at GE and has a background in mechanical engineering from University of Missouri Rolla. She joins the show to compare and contrast her experience working in a large organization entering the 3D printing market versus a startup trying to build something from the ground up. Well, thanks for joining the show, Michelle. Why don't we get started with you sharing a little bit about your background and how you got into the additive manufacturing space. Uh, thanks, Mike. Um, appreciate you having me on. I uh, started in additive manufacturing, if you can believe it, like, I don't know, 20 years ago. It was one of my first jobs right out of school, and I uh, was working in the automotive industry, and, um, and we made uh, some, some parts for an axle to do a, a tolerance stack and so we were actually in, in the engineering lab and uh, uh, made a part and put in the axle along with the other components because we weren't changing out all the designs, just this one. And it was my first experience and I got to see the, the, the 3D printer at the time. And, um, and then I just, I have this sort of digital or manufacturing weave throughout my whole career. And, um, and then that takes me to about three and a half years ago when I joined HP truly in 3D printing and um, but even before that I was at GE Healthcare and uh, I ran our uh, global parts and repair services our spare parts for all of healthcare and uh, I worked with our additive manufacturing lab there on trying to figure out like how do we how do we make parts on demand that are end of life and so we don't have to spend a lot of money on you know carrying costs with inventory or you know, last time buys or anything like that. So that was kind of like, you know, when I guess the additive manufacturing industry sort of started taking off. Um, we started seeing sort of that that cross in um, into uh, series production more and more. And then I joined HP um, and um, and came over and really ran like our applications, business development, uh, partnerships, et cetera, et cetera, and then ended up uh, taking on the, uh, the role uh, to build a P&L for our automotive industry business. And there we started out with like 
like it was just me and another person and then we built out the team and uh and our whole goal was about driving uh 3d printing adoption so helping our customers learn how to design so we did a bunch of workshops and um and then how to um to stack the parts or build the parts and uh, in a more efficient way and so we do business cases to get rois and things like that and then um and then the end part and sometimes it was post-processing we would help them with but it was sort of that end to end and then more recently i uh left hp and came over to 3d printer os as a ceo and it's a startup it's uh something i've been dying to do for a while because i've been in startups within larger corporations like uh, hp and then ge and then um and so i was really just excited to 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 go out there and try this and i love 3d printing and the industry and the customers and and just the idea of trying to disrupt a, a traditional industry and uh, so I, I, you know, came over to 3D Printer OS, well, I, I guess at the beginning of the year as an advisor and then CEO about three weeks ago. And uh, so far it's been crazy, you know, three weeks in and it's, uh, it's been fun and I'm still super excited. We're working strategy and, uh, and sort of that, uh, you know, reaching out to customers in the network and, and really trying to, to, to tell our story and how we're, we're, uh, we've proven that we can be the end-to-end -end workflow in the uh, additive manufacturing space with FDM or desktop uh, printers. And now we're looking to expand more in the enterprise space. And so sort of like going from, from desktop and maker spaces to the enterprise into more of the production, because I do think that that's a gap in the industry with that workflow, that operating system that uh, connects everything in, in a safe and secure manner and optimize it too, because it's pretty wonky today, trying to grab this, this you know, from design to slicing, to packing, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, yeah, so that's a long answer for a short question, but that's how I, uh, I got there and what I'm doing now. So having started out in the AM space, kind of on the user side, what sorts of lessons and insights were you able to transfer over to, you know, now you're on the software side, but also you were on the OEM kind of printer manufacturing side. Were there different perspectives or things that you were able to understand or appreciate as you kind of moved to different kind of sectors in the industry? Yeah, definitely. As a, as a user, as like the end customer, I, um, you know, quality always came up as, as uh, the thing that, you know, if you're going to go into production, you need right, uh, repeatability and accuracy. And so that just continued to be sort of at the forefront of everything that I was looking at when it came to 3D printing. And so being able to, you know, first of all, get the right equipment, you know, the, the right 3D printer is really important and being able to use it because it's a tool and being able to sort of um, take the settings and 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 really hone in on your application and so you can have a repeatable and an accurate part over and over from you know machine to machine or or batch to batch manufacturing so I, i'd say quality as an end user was really important and then taking that to uh, OEM, you know, to, to HP, it was something that we talked about a lot and, um, and worked on it. And there was a software uh, program that the software team 
launched last year with uh, with the 5200, and that software helped uh, create an accurate, a more accurate and a repeatable part through uh, interpolation as well as uh, calibration. So, so uh, you know, I was really happy to see that. And then now that I'm in software, you know, coming from both both uh, backgrounds beforehand, you know, just knowing how wonky that that process is. And you know, going here to get this, and then going there, and and having a lean background myself, you just know that there's ways to optimize this much better than it you know it has been. And you see that with many many industries in the past where they started out with just kind of a, a technology, just trying it, and then improving, 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 and and you see that with the computer industry, just where we came from the '90s till today. Um, and that's that's kind of what I'm seeing and with this process this workflow automating it and making it easy for for the end user as well as the OEM because um, you know they they may not necessarily be the expert in software but they will be the expert you know in their in their hardware and their firmware and the software that goes on the, the computer but maybe not the the workflow and being able to be um, um, as an end user being able to be um, agnostic and have many different printers because a lot of customers out there have three or four different types of printers and being able to connect them all and manage your your production because I've also been in production in the traditional sense and you have ERPs in place you have PLM in place and you're able to manage your your production and with the software that we provide you're able to do that a lot a lot easier than you you know you have in the past and so you mentioned you spent a lot of time kind of focused on the automotive sector. Are there kind of unique aspects of automotive that stand out compared to other industries? Well, automotive is very regulated, like healthcare or aviation. So that that in itself is is uh, something that's unique when you start comparing, especially in three D printing, because three D printing mostly started out with uh, in the maker space where people were just kind of making you know gadgets and fun things for around the house and, and it's still the case today however when you get into a regulated industry everything changes you know you go through your design and you optimize the design and then you go through a whole host of tests whether it's vapor testing or um, temperature testing just a lot you know tension testing all, all of that and um, and so that's that's a little more unique it's just very stringent to go through those and you want that as a as a consumer of automobiles you want to be in a safe car and uh, you know I, I would say some advice if you're thinking about going into the automotive industry is kind of choose choose the part of the 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 vehicle that you know that you have capabilities for and not not you know get too far out of uh, over your skis and something you can't do and if i think if you stay in you know in that space that you know you can do you'll be successful and then partnering with uh, the oems through the testing processes is really important because it's not not necessarily a customer supplier relationship it's it's really a partnership because you both want to be successful in uh, getting these parts through all of the, these testing requirements so how does the challenge of having so many different technology platforms available as a customer um, or an end user kind of impact how you guys think about you know, your software or even selling printers at your previous role at HP? 
when you know part of the job of sales team and is talking about how many different options and why one is better and almost educating the the end user is there challenges there and in, in trying to communicate a message with such a new technology oh yeah new technology for sure because it's a nascent market and you know people you you are creating a market and so education comes along with everything that you're doing i was also in industrial cybersecurity as well as uh digital manufacturing where you're connecting machines and both of those were nascent markets and it's it's all about education with yourself and your teams to make sure that you can go in and speak intelligently and and teach the customers what is available and as an end user having all these different technologies and you know so many different solutions available to you just understanding each one of those and being able to choose which one you know sort of meets your challenges because we all have challenges and not all, all the solutions actually you know, will, will solve what your challenge is. And you wanna make sure that you understand your end customer outcomes. You know, is, it, is it highest quality? Is it saving costs? Is it getting um, weight out of uh, the part? Is it, you know, what is the challenge of the customer and trying to be able to solve for that with the technology? And in our case, it's software, so it's workflow optimization. So we can, um, we can help save costs and we can optimize and, and uh, make it easy for folks as opposed to, uh, you know, going in a hundred different directions. Sure. And, and when you think about your experience and, and working with customers, do you have a general opinion of, you know, putting yourself in, in the customer shoes, either for software or for the printer? And what are they most sensitive to? Are they cost sensitive? Are they, brand name sensitive, hey, we're, we're going to go with an existing technology. Is it kind of function? Is it something else I'm not mentioning? You know, it's, it's, it's funny that you ask that question because I, I see all of that. And, uh, you know, everybody's a little bit different uh, from the customer side, you know, whether it's a, a large company, you know, like a, a Ford or a GM, and, you know, they, they are trying to find the latest and greatest technology and it could be the name brand like an HP who's been around forever and they feel pretty confident that HP is going to be around, you know, you know, forever. <laughs> and, you know, and then you have some of the startup companies that people want to work with too because they move fast and they're agile. They're able to make things happen, um, you know, make changes on the fly and uh and just sort of resilience and so i see i see all sides and i've seen the shift from large companies just working with large companies to large companies working with startups because they want to infuse that culture into their own culture and um and i i think it's amazing i mean coming from ge you know most of my career it was great when we started embracing all of the the startups and and uh and just uh, in, in buying startups and making something from those startups and, like I said, infusing that culture into the rest of the, the company. It's, it's powerful. So kind of taking that a little bit further, you're kind of going from a, a big company, well, maybe a, a startup within a large company to a, a smaller company. Kind of what was your mindset in, in making that shift? What, what was the appeal to kind of a a different culture or a different approach in, in working with the additive market? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's something I've been wanting to do for a few years, and I've been thinking about it and reflecting on my own career. Like, you know, I, I, I was like, where did I have the most fun? Where did I make the most impact? And it was really when I was helping turn businesses around, or I was in a startup and we scaled the business and putting structures in place and, and, um, and just getting out and talking to customers and rolling up our sleeves and doing everything. And uh, so that experience, I know it's not the same because it's <laughs> under the umbrella of a corporation. However, I was like, I really want to do this. And so that was, you know, what I uh, had focused on. Um, and I talked to a bunch of VC companies and just trying to understand the, the language and, and the type of people that they were hiring and just to, just the whole landscape because it's very different than what I had experienced before. But, um, but there were similarities too. But um, I, I just, um, I really wanted to do it. And, um, and so I, you know, I think coming, you know, because it's 3D printing and being able to leverage that background in my network, it was an easier transition to, um, to 3D printer OS or, you know, a VC-backed company to, um, because I had that background. Otherwise, I think it would have been a, a little harder to, to get into this, this world of startups. So in your opinion, what sorts of lessons or structures translate best into the startup from a big company? Well, I, I you know, every, <laughs> because I have been in startups within, within um, corporations for a while, you know, everybody does everything. And so nothing's, nothing's beneath anyone. You, you're doing your own PowerPoints. You're, you know, you're setting up your own meetings sometimes and, and um, it's just, uh, it, it's been fun. And I, um, I think that uh, lessons that I can bring from big companies is, you know, some structure, some organization. Focus is a big one. You know, um, a lot of times I see companies, not necessarily ours, but they use a spray and pray approach. Just get out to everyone and just see what happens and go into every industry and, and I, I don't necessarily prescribe to that. I believe that we should um, figure out where we can fit best and go after that market and maybe a couple of others, but not everything. Otherwise, you get spread too thin and you get nothing done. So I'd say focus. Execution is another one, too. Making sure that you can, you know, the say-do ratio. Did you do what you said you were going to do? And that's really big for me, and uh, I think that's a, another one that you can you can bring into the startup world. Um, but organization, execution, um, agility, of course, but that's already there. Um, I love the speed that we can move. It's like, yeah, let's uh, let's make this change on the website, and it's done. <laughs> like the next day, we literally just did that two days ago, and um, knowing, you know what I experienced in corporations, it doesn't happen that fast. It takes, you know, approvals and, and, um, and getting to the right people to make changes that quickly. So um, there's definitely lessons, but it goes both ways. For sure. And with your, your current software, how do you guys think about kind of segmenting the market? Is that um, presumably when you think about kind of, Operating systems for additive process, especially in the industrial kind of sector, you have to think about kind of what sorts of industries and companies are far enough along in their adoption that this would actually make sense 
for for them to implement or try to implement? Is, is there a framework that you guys think about that sort of problem? Yeah, the way we're segmenting is uh, kind of like what what are we what have we already been good at, and how do we just kind of expand? It's that land and expand um, layer process within um, customer success. It's uh, so like we've we we are in the university space. We're in over fifty universities, and you know the big ones like Duke and MIT, and we have a, a large large amount of users. In that space, so continuing to expand there. Um, OEMs, OE, uh, Bosch is one of our OEMs, so we white label our software there. I think there's opportunities to work with others to do the same thing, and uh, the majority of both of those segments are um, are desktop. There are some industrial printers that we we connect to or we you know queue up to integrate with, and then the last one is enterprise. And we are working with a, a couple of uh, customers as well as the government, U.S. Navy, as well as uh, Google and um, John Deere. But, um, you know, I want to expand that. And so I'm, I'm utilizing, you know, my network of people I've known for 20 years and, um, and going in and talking to them about our solution and, um, and seeing, you know, if, if people are willing to, you know, work with us as a partner to go from, this workflow, this automated end-to-end workflow that we have in the desktop FDM area and then expanded over to enterprise. And so, um, you know, before COVID hit, we were working with John Deere and I, you know, that was the direction we were heading there. And, um, and so now we're kind of starting over with me coming in and, and reaching out to my network. So that's how we're segmenting it. And there's also end users, obviously, um, not a huge population, but um, you know, definitely important folks to to make sure they're part of our market. Do you see a particular industry as you move from kind of the academic space into the kind of enterprise area that is uh, a, a big target or a big focus? Yeah, I, I see automotive. Obviously, we're talking to a lot of uh, the folks over there. Um, aviation, so we're we're definitely talking to the and then government. So those have been sort of the three big areas that we've been um, focusing on in the last two and a half weeks. So um, you know, it it will expand when we um, when we kind of get our feet wet and, and start uh, start getting in there. But uh, right now, that's those are our focus areas, and I want us to be successful there. And in my experience with kind of the software and the additive space, there's always comes a conversation with whoever you're working with, whether it's a university or well, probably less so with the university, but certainly in the enterprise side of you know, you're bringing in new technology, additive manufacturing, and then potentially new software that sometimes are connecting machines. They have to interact with your IT and security. Um, how has that conversation gone? Is is that a challenge to to integrate with? Kind of, you're bringing, you're throwing a lot of new stuff at at people, and so is there any challenge in the storytelling of of how you bring the the people along for um, the benefits of your technology? Yeah. Um, well, for me personally, I'm working on my story for for our product. I, I know. Uh, John and Anton, who are the co-founders, um, they definitely have their story down, but I'm working my story because I want it to be authentic and from me and from from my background and, and where I, um, I've seen the gaps in the industry. But I do say, do think that, um, that uh, you know, I, I 
don't know that I see challenges as much as uh, as just kind of honing in on my story. Um, the you know I I I'm trying to be completely upfront with folks saying you know we're going from one space we're trying to expand into a, another space and who's who's willing to come along for that ride and so I think the more transparent we can be and telling them where we are and where we've been successful will help uh, help drive success with our company and the best outcomes for for our customers as well. I hope I answered the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. No, that was great. And, and thinking kind of even more broadly with kind of the kind of workflow and enterprise kind of sentiment with the software, who would typically be the user of your, your actual solution? Is it kind of engineers setting up builds or operators or designers who typically interacts most with, with the tools that you've built? Yeah, today uh, we have uh, a large, large uh, user base within the architecture world, the uh, the designers, mechanical engineers, and the maker spaces within the universities. And then, um, if you look at some of the enterprise accounts, it's more of the design engineers. But I think as you look forward, it's going to be it's going to start out with the, the advanced manufacturing space, like where we all kind of start in three um, D printing, and um, and having that workflow for the customer. So it could be it could be the manufacturing manager, production manager, who's who's teed it up. He's already has all the the drawings in a library. He can pull that and then over and then start printing. However, the tool can be used for the designers and they can see all their iterations of the design. So they don't, they don't have to like sit there and look for files. It's automatically saved. So that's, that's a great part with security and with uh, revision control and things like that because it's recording everything for you. And it keeps it there, you know, as long as you, you're using the software program. But I see those two kind of spaces eventually, you know, production and, uh, you know, whoever's running production using it as well as the designers on the upfront, up, you know, upstream. And as you think about kind of your own career and the zigs and zags that it has taken, <laughs> um, what piece of advice would you give kind of folks that are maybe not as familiar with 3D printing or the added manufacturing space and potentially thinking about a career in, in the industry? You know, it, it's it's not for everybody. That's for sure. I think resiliency is something that you you need to have when you come over. And um, imagination. It's it's really about creativity. And can you can you get out of what you've known forever, like for design? And you know, we think of. Uh, we think in blocks or 90 degree angles when you're designing, you know, a normal part for injection molding or CNC, you don't necessarily think of like your bone structure and how you might design something if, uh, say you were a toddler and you've never been exposed to anything, like think about how they draw and uh, it may be a little messy and maybe it's a far-fetched example, but you know, it's, it's you haven't been exposed to the traditional industry and you come, if you can come in with that sort of, you know, mindset, that creative mindset, the innovative mindset, I think, uh, I think you're going to be wildly successful. But that's going to be key is, is being able to, you know, I don't know, uh, imagine what the possibilities are. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. So, 
well, you probably experienced that yourself, right? <laughs> yes, there's certainly no uh, no shortage of challenges, but you always think about where where you can improve the next from the next day to the next. So yeah, that's, that's great. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining the show today, and uh, wish you luck with the new venture, and and we'll certainly keep an eye on on all the progress and accomplishments that you guys have over the, the coming months and years. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time and uh, take care and let's stay in contact. Sounds good. Thanks so much.